Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Wednesday, another hump day, 17th of August, 2022. Trust you're having a phenomenal week and you and your sales team are taking advantage of all the opportunities that are no doubt in front of you or at least planting seeds for the opportunities to bear fruit down the track. Now, in today's podcast, I want to talk about a very important topic and ask you a very important question that as a sales leader, how important is critical thinking to your success? In other words, are you a critical Thinker. Now, not critical in terms of being criti- criticism, but the ability to analyze and process information and particularly make decisions around problems and problem solving. So being able to do this in a really effective way is often what separates the great leaders from the exceptional leaders. And too often, unfortunately, I see too many sales leaders jumping too quickly into solution mode and not necessarily finding enough time or creating enough time and space to analyze problems first and therefore they lose their ability to critically think and often, as part of that, they often think about in one dimension and that is based on their own beliefs, based on their own opinions and based on their own biases. So in today's episode, I just want to talk about a few key insights, a few key things to think about when it comes to critical thinking that hopefully will help you as a sales leader when it comes to dealing with some of the challenges that you've got right in front of you today, but also when you've got some doozies that are coming up, no doubt, in the next three, six days, six weeks, six months, that uh, if we can apply some methodology to this and develop an understanding of what critical thinking is and uh, problem solving, then we can uh, make every post a winner and not only set a great example for our team, but funnily enough, uh, get better at problem solving and decision making. So uh, in today's episode, I wanted to cover off a number of uh, different elements of this. One starting with uh, the characteristics of critical thinkers. So how is it that critical thinkers think and how is it they act. Also thinking about the different thinking styles that can exist and how we as sales leaders can apply this when we have a particular problem, particular challenge. Uh, Talk about a critical thinking process, but also give us some tools that can help us identify what the problems actually are, but also some creative thinking techniques as well to help us increase our capacity to think more critically and therefore resolve problems more readily. So firstly, let's consider some of the characteristics of exceptional critical thinkers and you might have some examples that you have in terms of people that are in the public eye or even people that you work with who you believe have the capacity to critically think and who you believe based on your experience with them they are fantastic decision makers what are some of the things or some of the traits that they demonstrate and they have that enables them to be critical thinkers well first of all how they think is typically different to most people first and foremost they are inquisitive and they are curious. They are fair in the evaluation of evidence and also other people's views, and they're always looking for what is the other person's perspective here. So they're not necessarily closed-minded to thinking that their way is the only way. So they've got this open-mindedness and a willing willingness to have their own beliefs challenged. The other thing they're good at is able to formulate judgments with evidence and reason. Now, the way they act is they will question everything. They will carefully examine all the ideas and all the information. They'll look behind the obvious. They'll question the obvious and as much as possible will avoid making assumptions because they are very much aware of what their biases potentially are and how those biases can impact 
not only their decision making, but also their perception of what a problem that sits in front of them. The other thing that a great critical thinker is good at is able to put different hats on in terms of understanding there are lots of different thinking styles that exist and being able to put themselves into the shoes of the different thinking styles and look at the problem, look at the situation from that particular perspective. So the five thinking styles, the first one is the synthesis. And this is a creative thinker who likes to imagine new ideas and new possibilities. So they are naturally creative and naturally curious. And they're constantly going to be asking the question, what if, what if this could work? What if we did this? What if we did that? Always the glass is going to be half empty. So being able to put yourself into the into the mind, the thinking mode of a synthesis is a great way to actually start to get creative. Then you're going to have the idealist. And the idealist is they like to work towards achieving the big picture goals. And often they're going to be very future oriented. So they'll set high standards. And some may even think they're quite a perfectionist. They're looking for perfection, looking for ideals. And certainly as a sales leader, overlooking, uh, overlooking overseeing a team, We've got to be good at casting a vision and we've got to know what the future looks like. We've got to know what success looks like. We've also got to understand there might be some challenges along the way, but taking on the idealist's view is enabling us to cast the vision of the future, keep our eyes on the future, also maintain those high standards. But also thinking about as we go through the process, so there'll be challenges that will be presented to us, which means we have to put the different different hat on and one of them might be we need to be a bit more of a pragmatist. So a pragmatist is a person who is quite practical, quite logical, and they like to think about what can be done to achieve results today. They're more action takers and they like to be able to tackle problems in a more logical fashion and they tend to think a little bit more in the short-term fashion. Then you're going to have an analyst who likes to explore facts and data and follow processes in order to solve problems. So they're going to think in a more methodical way. They're going to gather facts and data. They're going to be less emotional and they're going to be more practical and more rational when it comes to their decision making. So we may actually have to be an analyst when it comes to a lot of the challenges we're being faced with. And then you've got the realist. So often we'll have to put on the hat of the realist who is a person who loves to deal with the facts at hand in order to solve problems. They might have to be quick on their feet in order to solve the problem that's existing right now, but also a realist sometimes might be becoming a little bit bored easily and they don't feel as if they're challenged enough. But uh, one of the key things I always talk about from a leadership point of view is, is being really good at establishing what reality actually looks like right now and being able to use that as a platform from which to launch from. So they're the five different thinking styles. And when we understand this, that a great leader, an exceptional leader will have the ability to think in different ways, to look at a problem, look at a challenge, and then analyze it from those different perspectives so that when they go through the process of identifying the problem, identifying the root cause, coming up with ideas and solutions to perhaps solve the problem, they have a lot, a lot wider view and a lot wider perspective, which often gives them more information from which to make a better judged judgment or a better decision. And so when it comes to the actual critical thinking process, many leaders unfortunately cannot resist the urge to jump straight into solution mode. And one of the things we need to do is, is have the ability to think, to sit, to sit back, to analyze the situation and follow a process and follow a process that's really simple, but each step of the process builds on the other one. And the ones that do this really well, the ones that are great critical thinkers who are able to solve these problems, follow this process to a T and they do it consistently and they, their ability to solve problems is exponentially enhanced. And the first step is identify the problem. And it sounds pretty obvious, but identify what is the problem. So the key thing around this is many people when they're presented with a problem go straight into solution mode based on the problem being presented. 
This first step is really critical in that we need to challenge the problem as we see it and understand and ask ourselves the question and ask the, the group, is this the real problem or is there something underneath it? So this is all about the root cause analysis. Now there might be some indications that there could be a problem and the obvious ones is from a sales perspective, we're behind on our number or mistakes are being made, we're not getting conversions, all that sort of stuff. But before we jump into solution mode, we've really got to analyze the problem and really challenge the problem to understand is the problem that we're seeing right now the real one. And I'll talk about a couple of techniques to be able to use that. So step number one, identify the problem. Step number two is about gathering and then evaluating information. This is all about the investigation skills. So uh, separating the facts from the fiction. So separating opinions from action and actually looking at, and this is a really important part as leaders that we need to get really dialed in on, is having the ability to separate what is actually happening from what people perceive is actually happening and not dealing with opinion, not dealing with third parties in saying this and saying that. It's dealing with first-hand information and first-hand factual information. Step number three, once we've done that, is to be able to generate some alternative solutions. So this is about the creative thinking process, uh, looking at what sort of ideas we can create. And there's a number of techniques that I'll cover off briefly in, in terms of how to do that. Step number four, based on those generations of solutions, is to select and then implement a solution. So thinking about all the ideas that we've created, there will be a list of potential solutions. So this step, step number four, is which, which step or steps will be the most appropriate to take in terms of the solution that will give us the opportunity of solving the root cause of the problem. And then step number five is to evaluate the solution. So you've implemented that solution and we've got to ask the question, has this solved the problem? This is all about feedback. It's all about following up. It's all about making sure that the things we've put in place have actually delivered the outcome that we hope it was going to deliver based on identifying the problem in the first place. So looking at what are the results we actually achieved and then speaking to stakeholders, getting feedback, but also readjusting if we need to. So that Five key steps in the critical thinking process is number one, identify the problem. Number two, gather and evaluate information. Number three, generate alternative solutions. Number four, select and implement a solution. And number five, evaluate that solution. Now, for the time we've got left on this particular episode, let's just talk about a couple of uh, key areas. Well, number one being the actual problem identification part, which is step number one. And as I said earlier, a lot of people love to go straight into the solution mode and one of the things we need to as leaders in particular is to resist the temptation to jump straight into solution mode. We've got to understand is the problem that's presented right in front of us the actual problem and is there something else that we need to be mindful of that will enable us to identify what the real cause is and therefore the solution we put in place will actually have a lot more uh, opportunity of being embedded and significantly reduce the likelihood of that, that problem is going to rear its ugly head again down the track. So there's two key uh, techniques that I often use with teams to help them with problem solving and problem identification. The first one is a concept known as the Ishikawa diagram, fishbone diagram, or sometimes referred to as the cause and effect technique. Now what this is about is really good for complex issues and complex uh, situations, complex problems, where there may be multiple different possible causes to a particular problem. So it's a great visual tool for categorizing possible causes of a problem to identify what is the root cause. And there's four key steps to this. One is identifying the problem, which is literally the head of the fish. And so if you think about cause and effect, the effect of the issue is the problem itself. So the, the head of the fish becomes the actual problem. Then we start asking questions, okay, what, what potential causes, what sort of categories or what major factors 
have been involved that may have caused this problem. This becomes the bone. So you start to build out the bones of the fish. And depending on the complexity of the actual issue, there may be lots of different factors or lots of different labels that may actually be causing this particular issue. And they become the bones of the fish. And then for each of those bones, for each of those major factors, you start to identify possible causes for each of those major factors. And they become the smaller bones of the fish itself. So from a visual point of view, you can start to play out one particular problem might have different, multiple different causes. And for each of those major factors, there may actually be multiple different causes of those major factors. So at a visual layer, you start to, when you break this out and when you build it out, you then start to sit back and analyze the diagram. And from a visual point of view, there may well be some natural themes that come out from the paper or from the flip chart or from the whiteboard, depending on how you use this that might be logically identifying where the root cause of the problem is, which means instead of thinking about the actual problem that we thought was the problem, we've now identified the real cause of the problem so we can now go into the creative thinking mode to come up with ideas to rectify that problem and to solve it. So the Ishikawa diagram or fishbone is a very, very effective and visual way to identify the root cause of the problem, particularly when you've got multiple different stakeholders who might have different interpretations or different ideas about what a problem may actually be. And so that's the first one, Ishikawa or the fishbone. The other one is a, is a really effective, another equally effective process known as the five whys. And this was developed actually by a person called Sakichi Toyota and used in the Toyota Motor organization many years ago. And essentially the process starts with identifying a problem. So there's a problem that we see and the first question we're gonna ask is why did this happen? Now, the answer to that question will give you a bit of an indication as to what could have been the cause of that particular surface level problem. The next question to ask is exactly the same. Why did that happen or why did this happen? So by repeating that question five times based on each of the answers that we get for the pre from the preceding question, uh, what's been discovered is that if we ask this by go down five levels and ask this question five times, there's a very, very high probability of us uncovering what the root cause of the actual problem is. Now, there's an example I use a lot in workshops in relation to a simple one that you're getting ready to go to work and you go to start your car and it won't start. And the first the first why is why did this happen is you understand that the battery's dead. And that's the first why. The battery is dead. Well, we ask the question, why did this happen? Well, we've now found that the alternator is not functioning, which is the second why. We then ask the question again, why is the alternator not functioning? Well, we actually found out that the alternator belt has broken. And why is that? Well, why has that happened? Well, we've also found that the alternator belt was well beyond its useful service life and it has not been replaced. And when we get to the fifth why, we now start to find out what the root cause is. And that is that I have not maintained the vehicle according to the service schedule. So rather than complaining about and trying to solve the problem at the surface level that the car won't start and yes you might have to replace the battery but at the end of the day the root cause is that I haven't actually serviced the car as often as I should have so the, the solution we put in place is to now put a service schedule and adhere to that schedule not simply replace the battery which is just a short-term thing because if I don't service the car there'll be other things that will happen so using the five whys is a great way to get to the root cause that will enable us to then identify what the actual problem is once we've done that, then we can now readily look at what are the different solutions we can put in place to solve this problem and make that problem sustainably solved. So not having that problem repeat itself over and over and over again. So from a creative thinking point of view, and certainly this is important when it comes to critical thinking, there are four key frameworks to use. Number one, brainstorming, and brainstorming is pretty simple. Uh, some key things to remember around brainstorming, it's all about 
getting as many ideas on the table as you possibly can, not being self-critical and not being critical of others in the brainstorming session. There is a time for being critical and that's at the end once all the ideas are out. We then go through and think about which ones have merit and which ones don't. But leading into that, getting as many ideas on the table as possible and not being critical and not asking "Hmm, whether this is going to work or whether it's not going to work. Just get as many ideas on the table. So ideas creation is a great way to do that. And brainstorming is a perfect way, particularly if you've got groups of people together using post-it notes, putting them up on the board and then starting to clump them into themes. Mind mapping is another great way to do this as well in terms of uh, building out different frameworks in terms of uh, branches of a tree, if you like, connecting different concepts so you can actually get a bit of a mind map. There's one that I often use which is really, really effective and that is imagining the opposite, which is a technique that gets you to approach a problem by stating the opposite outcome that you would like to achieve. Then what we do is we work through the list and identify ways to ensure that the negative doesn't occur or we implement tactics to avoid or to reduce it. So a classic example that I used just recently with uh, with a group who their real goal was to implement a new software package for their team that would be easily, easily able to be used by the staff. And so the imagine the opposite concept was how do I now implement a software package that no one uses? And so thinking about some of the elements around that, what are some things that would have to happen to put in a software package that nobody would use? Well, some of the possible answers that came out of it was, hey, we don't involve the team in the in the decision-making process. We make sure that the software is slow and it's hard to learn. There's no manuals associated with it. There's no training that's provided. And we make sure that there are lots of IT bugs and glitches in the system. So there's some things looking at the negative side. Now if we actually did the opposite to that, we may well actually find a solution to the actual challenge and that is providing a software package that everybody wants to use. So it's a great way of doing that and getting really, really creative, imagining the opposite. And the last one is a very famous one. It's a creative thinking tool made famous by a gentleman by the name of Edward de Bono back in 1985 and it's a mindset uh, shift and it's enabling us to look at different hats and it's called the six thinking hats. And if you want more information on this, there's it's all over the internet. So by, by all means, go and Google the six thinking hats or de bono thinking hats. There are so many schools and school kids now using this and, and embracing this as a way to understand and appreciate different people's perspectives. But it's also a phenomenal way to solve problems by putting on different hats or taking different perspectives. So at a really high level, you've got the blue hat, which is the process hat. It's all about thinking, thinking about thinking. You've got the white hat, which is all about the facts, gathering information, being very neutral and very objective. You've got the feeling hat, which is the red hat. It's basing basing yourself on how you're feeling right now. Uh, what's the intuition? What's your gut instinct? How is this going to work? You've got the green hat being the creativity hat. It's all about the ideas, the alternatives, and the possibilities. Then you've got the yellow hat, which is all about the optimism, all the benefits, thinking about the positive, what all, what's, what's going to happen, what's possible. And then, of course, you've got the black hat, which is the cautious hat or the devil's advocate hat. So by using the different hats, it actually forces, you can do this as a, as a team, but certainly as an individual, putting on the different hats will enable you to look at a solution and therefore a problem from multiple different perspectives and therefore significantly increase your ability to solve that problem and get a solution on the table that is likely to be more sustainable. So as we wrap up this particular episode, the question I wanna ask you is, as, are you as a leader right now a critical thinker? And do you have some areas where you can improve your critical thinking capabilities? Are you a person who jumps to conclusions too quickly and that is jumping to solution mode too quickly? 
or are you spending enough time analyzing the problem, looking at it from different perspectives, trying to identify the root cause, and therefore giving yourself and your team some space to work out what the viable solutions are going to be to those particular problems. So I hope that message resonates. I hope that message helps. And of course, if you'd like some help with any of this, or in fact, if you'd like to work one-on-one and you're ready to take your leadership to an exceptional level, would love the opportunity of working with you one-on-one and helping you do just that over the next 90 days. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits. We'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, what you're looking to achieve, what exceptional leadership looks like for you, map out a plan, and we'll start executing that plan as early as this week. So very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.